All right, so bonus round. Let's talk about working on games in the same world or the same line, the same series, that kind of thing. You've got mm-hmm. several Dead of Winter games that you've worked on. Ashes, you know, you've got different characters that are living in the same universe, so to speak. And so, like, talk to me about what it looks like to work on games and make uh, other games and follow-up games that still that feel like the original, feel like the they're in the same world, but they're different enough to where people will go, okay, I need to buy this next one. I need to buy the, the new one because it's, it's not just the same game. It's, it's something new. It's, um, it's a process. It's not always the easiest thing to do. Even if you love working in the world, if you love working with the characters and things like that, because you want to make sure that any additions that you add to don't take away from the original, um, and what people were connecting with in the beginning, but only add to it, only, uh, give people an opportunity. When I was working on the first expansion of dead of winter, um, I was really, really concerned with, are we making something that is going to have the players that connect with Dead of Winter engage with this? Or are we making something that's only for new players? And I wanted to make sure that it was something that was going to give a lot of bang for people's bucks. Because I also want to make sure that I respect people's dollars and the people that enjoy these these products and decide to buy them. I want to make sure that they walk away feeling like they made a good purchase, feeling like they are able to step into that world again and it gives them everything that they enjoyed from it before but also opens new doors and lets them go down new pathways and see things in a different light and enjoy new characters that are coming into the fray and seeing how they interact with the old and the new. Um, so it's it's a lot of fun but it can also be nerve-wracking because you want to respect the original the original product and it, I, I can kind of, it's not quite the same as working on another IP, like working on Bioshock was nerve wracking because you kind of have, you know, you're trying to respect somebody else's products. Um, but it still kind of has some of those feelings because when you put something out there, people have a certain expectation of what it is now. Sometimes people can have, um, a narrative that you didn't necessarily expect to take off around a game. And I would say that this isn't like super intense in the board game world, but it's something that can definitely take place in, in, in like genres like movies and television and books, you know, once you disrespect the character or disrespect the story or disrespect the world, you disconnect, Yeah, you know, and People have a certain, you know, once their fandom is super high, you want to make sure you don't disrespect what you have put out there and what people are connecting with, even if it isn't what you intended for people to connect with. Because sometimes that's not entirely in control. Uh, One of the things that I find very funny is how intelligent people think I am versus my intention. <laughs> it's like, Oh my God, you put that in there because of this, this, and this. And I was like, sure. I did. <laughs> I'm glad you noticed. <laughs> I'm glad you noticed. Uh, but the truth is like, sometimes I no, I didn't, but it's cool that you thought that. And I want to go ahead and honor that thought and see if I can play it on that more, you know, and you know, just, just trying to respect the product honor it and build build on it instead of take away from it yeah for sure i think a great example of this is flick them up and then you guys came out with the dead of winter version of it and it was like it was everything that made flick them up great 
you implemented again with the Dead of Winter version, <laughs> but you added all these other cool things that were very zombie oriented and the way that yes. weapons worked and the zombie tower and all that stuff. And yes. it was like such a cool way to implement it. So like, how do you, how do you do that? Like, what was the what was the thought process going into that game? Like, were you just sitting around in a, in a boardroom together? Like, all right. How are we going to do this? And just kind of throwing out ideas? Like, what did it look like? Well, it, it was it was funny because it was kind of like a beautiful melding of minds. Um, Sophie, um, one of the uh, the uh, the owner of uh, F2Z at the time, and uh, she, she had seen a video that our social media coordinator had done with, like, one of the Dead of Winter zombies uh, and a flick-em-up character shooting down one of the Dead of Winter zombies and just a little video that he put up on social media. And... I had already been thinking, man, it would be so interesting to kind of like put the Dead of Winter IP somewhere else. And when she came and saw that, and it's like it kind of just kind of like started rolling. Haha, let's do flick them up Dead of Winter. That sounds like so much fun. And I was like, yes, this is perfect. This would be fantastic because it allows people, new people and old people to engage with the world in a different way and the characters in a different way. But it still stays true to what people loved about it because it's still – Hey, we're still adding these kind of crossroady elements. We're still adding a story element. These characters are still surviving in this apocalypse, and we're still having this kind of teamwork or versus work, depending on which campaign you're playing. And it still feels very much Dead of Winter, but with this very new approach and the mechanics and how things are taking place. Yeah, for sure. Now, looking at it from a or looking at Dead of Winter from a different angle, you you went from the base game and then you went to Warring Colonies, which is now this like very different experience. You got all these extra people now and this new kind of thing going on. What was the process of that of going? All right, this is what makes Dead of Winter great. How can we do it with twenty people? <laughs> well, um, you know, with with Warring Colonies, we had the two base. Games. So we have the first game and the expansion box. So we have these two large boxes that you can play alone or you can play together. And we were like, you know what? We had talked about like Warring Colonies, I think, was like something that had started online. We had talked about it online. We'd seen people post about the idea of it. And uh, John had John had talked about it and we had talked about it. And it was just kind of like this thing that had already kind of like existed since Dead of Winter was released. And once we had both these big boxes, it was like, how do we really marry these two things really well? And the perfect way of doing it is like, you have these two, you have these two colonies, you have all of these characters, let's go ahead and have them battle each other. Because so again, one of the biggest inspirations to Dead of Winter is the series Walking Dead. And there's so much turmoil and chaos in between multiple groups of people in that show. It just makes sense to really take the kind of underlaying like betrayal aspect and really go full force with a war kind of aspect. And it's like now these, these two factions really do hate each other, <laughs> you know, and how is that going to play out? It just kind of, again, it stays true to what dead of winter is. It still makes sense for that to be in the world, to be part of the character's story. Um, but also, you know, adds to it and allows players to it because Warring Colonies doesn't have to be played that way. You can just grab the characters. You can throw them in Dead of Winter if you just want more characters as well. If you just want some more cards, you can do it that way too. So um, it was, again, it, it really made a lot of sense to us. And really the people that spearlined that um, was Timothy Meyer and uh, Colby, Colby our, our studio head, who were working on that, that project quite a bit. Awesome. Well, Isaac, you have any other advice for somebody who's working on a game that's like a follow-up or working on a game that's kind of in the same world, in the same series? 
I think what you need to do is that you definitely, if you have the <clears throat> the convenience and the opportunity, is to really get more people involved. Um, I am lucky enough that I had, uh, you know, we had Raxon come out too in the Dead of Winter World. That was not designed by me. That was done, designed by um, our, our web developer, uh, Joe Ellis. And uh, he did an amazing job with, again, adding to the Dead of Winter World with a completely new system. And, you know, having other people come in, uh, especially for Ashes, because Ashes is such a big beast, you know, and I had other projects that I needed to focus on, couldn't continuously, you know, focus on making decks and bringing out decks. You know, I had my lead playtesters come in and do an amazing job of continuing that series and allowing me to kind of let that live on on its own, let people bring in their ideas and kind of letting myself be kind of the gatekeeper to say, no, that's not necessarily right. I don't think that's honest to the world. No, I don't think that would, I, I don't think that would really uh, allow for the fun to come through for people, you know? Um, and, you know, it's just understanding your product really well and allowing other people to add to it because sometimes they're going to be able to approach uh, the system and the product in a way that you didn't think about but a way that you can kind of like manipulate and make sure that it's going to still fit in to what you had envisioned. I think allowing other people in is the best way to kind of let things live organically because the truth is if there's enough fandom behind it, there are people out there already making changes, doing things. And if you have a vision for what you, the next steps you want to take, that's great. Go with your vision, do what you need to do love your project, do it. But if you necessarily don't, but you still want to go ahead and explore that world, maybe some other people, I suggest inviting some people that either have either already been along for the ride uh, for quite some time or that are in, or that are very interested in doing that and you see that they have a competency to assist you with that process. Yeah, for sure. And anytime you can get more eyes on a project, you get new yeah. ideas, you get new perspectives, new angles, and it can just make, uh, make a good series into a great series as you get yeah. uh, new things going on, new angles. Yeah. And, and sometimes like you kind of just need that fresh love for yeah, a project, absolutely. you know, because like sometimes you don't, you don't necessarily have that. And it, it, it because maybe you've worked out, you're, you're moving on to something else or you're working on something else. Sometimes you just kind of need, it's like, Oh my God, I love this so much. And I have all these ideas and that kind of reignites you as a designer and it's just like, oh my God, yes, let's go ahead and do that. That sounds amazing. Yeah, for sure. Isaac, man, again, really appreciate your time. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Good luck with the, the games you got in the works and good luck with everything else you got going on right now. Oh, no problem. Thanks, Gabe. I really enjoyed being on. Appreciate it.